listeners to the ASI Podcast. My name is Russ Shaw. You're listening to episode 141. Charlotte song is called Motivation Proclamation. And, uh, yes, this is the first uh, episode I'm doing on my smartphone driving my 3G Android phone. Doing my best to not uh, covet the, the 4G Android Optimus phone. Because, you know, as soon as you get the 4G phone... The 5G is going to come out anyway, right? And then the the cycle of covetousness continues, right? Continues on, on into the future. Uh, I don't know. I actually got this phone for free when my uh, my my touch phone crashed and couldn't work anymore. It's worked really slow kept crashing and they they uh yeah they gave me a free one which is nice because i was coveting i was totally coveting uh people's phones that actually actually worked anyway i digress that was a text message by the way i'm getting text messages as i do the podcast today first entire episode done on my android phone i know i know the uh sound quality isn't the greatest but uh, just kind of, I don't know, this is an intimate times, just driving around with you, the listener. I wanted to talk about some of my own queen ants and uh, realizing this week how, um, how I see where I've come from and, and some of the things that still, you know, own me at times um, stuff under uh, under the surface as an addict you know we make these proclamations like the like the song says the motivation proclamation and we make a vow we make a uh, I'm not going to do this anymore we we check our behavior which I think is good and healthy you know to say all right Starting today, I'm putting a stake in the ground, and I'm going to repent of this behavior. I'm not going to do this behavior anymore. I'm going to stop. I'm going to turn my my back on the behavior, and I'm going to turn my, my face toward God, and I'm going to have some faith to, to make some steps in a different direction. Um the queen ant analogy is the the things under the surface that you know 
of these emotions that pop up and tend to try and cast their own vote, right? They, they tend to try and uh, put their own two cents in. Like, you know, you made some kind of a congressional vote without the other side of you's permission. Um, it's just not true, you know. You don't have to let that other side of you come in and, and try and make its own proclamation. It's that red lizard analogy, the red lizard coming in to argue the fact that, uh, you know, this, this angel can kill it. It will kill the sin. And uh, then, then what do you do, right? So, so we have these internal questions, these internal dialogues. And me going on six years from my last addiction, right, the, the sexual addiction. And, yeah, I talked about food a little bit in the last episode. Um, temptations this week for, you know, uh, realizing that I've come a long way. But at the same time, realizing I also don't really, um, I don't, I don't really mourn well. I don't really grieve well. Um, got a, a call on Sunday. Sunday was a pretty awesome day, starting out. You know, set up Mars Hill Church in Everett. I live in Everett, Washington. Um, was driving to North Seattle to go to church for a while, and now we have a campus in our city. And uh, Pastor Mark Driscoll preaches there like 40 times a year via video. And uh, the campus pastor preaches the other 12 times. But anyway, um, awesome day, awesome turnout, you know. New church plant in the city of Everett, and almost 800 people show up for the first two services. It was uh, it was really awesome. Uh, but that night, got a call about my stepbrother, um, my stepbrother Eric had passed away. Um, he, he died. His kids found him. They'd been out camping for the weekend, and they come home, and they find my, uh, my stepbrother. Um, Dad, they passed away. Uh, it, it, it's, not, it's not clear on, on how he died. Um, we, some speculate drug overdose. But, you know, he had a needle hanging out of his arm, but he may have been treating himself for diabetes. Uh, you know, that's kind of come up. He, he's a nurse, um, successful guy, you know, been through school, wife, two kids. Please pray for his family. Um, just letting this loss pass through me. I didn't know Eric that well, you know, but, you know, that's part of it. Um one of those things that raises its ugly head. You, you should have knew Eric better, you know. My mind starts to play the what-if game, and, you know. Those thoughts start to, to creep in and try and gain ground, you know, try and buy real estate in me and cause me to feel unsettled, guilty, um, you know. These things that are the opposite of mourning and grieving I haven't been you know and that's a, a thing that I've done as, a, as an addict in the years past is I just didn't grieve well 
I, I didn't mourn well. I, I didn't even know what it meant to really grieve and mourn a loss. Just turn up the sound. I'm going to play some more bumpers here. Here's a here's a song that's on the charts right now. It's called Tonight Tonight, and it kind of describes the dealing with pain. And uh, here you go. It's been a really really messed up week. Seven days of torture, seven days of bitter, and my girlfriend went and cheated on me. She's a California dime, but it's time for me to quit her. La, 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 whatever. La, 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 it doesn't matter. La, 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 oh well. La, 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 we're going at it tonight, tonight. There's a party on the rooftop, top of the world tonight, tonight. And we're dancing on the edge of the Hollywood sign. I don't know if I'll make it, but watch how good I'll fake it. There's a ton of music like that, you know. I don't know if I'll make it, but watch how good I'll fake it. That song, uh, you know, you're in pain, you hurt, just turn up the noise, man. Turn up the music, party on. Oh, well. That's a negative song, Russ. That's kind of a bad song, you know. People say that, like, uh, especially religious people, right? I judge that song. It's an honest song, all right? Whether it's bad or good, positive or negative is in the eye of the beholder, isn't it? I mean, that's the music I play on the podcast is to maybe wake you up and let you see inside your own heart and soul a little bit, right? Don't judge it. Judge the people that listen to it. I was talking to a Christian guy about ACDC, and he's like, oh, you know, they satanic and you know it's just uh, and, and you know I said uh, Angus Young and his listeners and the people that follow and the big fans of ACDC aren't the enemy right they're the battlefield I mean these songs are coming from someone's heart and talking about the issues and life and how people process stuff and that song is honest all right and I felt like I'm, I'm supposed to say something to you religious types. And some of you just listen to this religious kind of praise and worship music, which I think is great. But some of it is so kind of positive and, and uh, in its praiseworthiness that you're just kind of nullified, right? You've been inoculated to, to the gospel of Jesus Christ, which is the fact that he meets you in darkness hurtful, pain-filled times. He's not absent from you, you know? Psalm 88 ends like this. You have taken from me friend and neighbor, and now darkness is my only friend. That's how Psalm 88 ends, all right? That's a song in the Bible, all right? This, you know, I mean, sometimes there is lament in, in the Scripture. There's kind of happy happy joy joy kind of right i mean where does that joy come from where where is it rooted in i guess is the big question and that's the question that the psalms ask in song all right psalms are songs they're music so just had to throw that out there People think it's not Christian to, you know, listen to all that secular music. Like, all right, whatever. Okay, gotcha. 
Man, and I, I know I've probably said this before, but that's one of those kind of queen ants under the surface is letting pain pass through us. Some of you guys, like me, have had, had grievances or loss in the past that you haven't mourned, you know, you haven't grieved out, you haven't let it pass through you. Um, time doesn't heal all wounds. It's a myth. It's just not true. And we do have to let, man, let some of that stuff pass through us and just kind of turn up the noise, chasing pleasure to get out of the pain is just kind of a, a natural thing. And we end up doing things we know are going to hurt. A lot of times, as you know, you make these proclamations as an addict that you're going to stop doing the behavior, and then all of a sudden, boom, loss comes, something hurts, and, you know, we're tempted. I talked about in earlier shows how being mindful of your thought life really helps, you know, dealing with temptation when it comes to you as a thought, right? It's, it's best to catch the thoughts before, when they're little snowballs, before they roll down the hill and become something that you can't stop. I totally believe that, you know, that's addiction. It, it starts rolling down this hill and gains momentum, and it gets you to the place where you're, you're powerless over that, right? So I, I firmly believe, and, and I've seen this in my own life, and I'm studying the scriptures and getting the, the theology right underneath the psychology, realizing some, some deeper truths. But the things about your thought life and the emotions that tend to push on the gas pedal of your thought life, you know, the, the thing making the snowballs a lot of times are how I feel in the midst of tragedy, where I go in the midst of tragedy. Um, we tend to make it all about us, and then we tend to try and numb the pain. And that's when the thoughts come to mind, right? That's when the thoughts start to hit you like, you know, like an Uzi, like a an AK-47 fully automatic, right? Those thoughts come at you. And you, you're tempted to go back to dealing with your pain and running for that pleasure, that instant hit of pleasure like you've done in the past. And getting, right, again, getting ahead of that is realizing that when pain comes, how do we react? What is good news in the midst of bad news? The good news is that God is in control. Right, God is sitting up in heaven, not alarmed. Right, there's no chaos in heaven. Stuff like C.S. Lewis says. We're, you know, we're going to look down over, you know, eternity, realizing our life and looking back on our life and realizing there was never really a problem to begin with. And that's that's a cool little neat little kind of a thing to say. But in the midst of pain. You know, when you're going through it, where, where do we go? And, and really, the, the 
the temptation, the queen ant temptation underneath all of the sexual temptations and all of the thought life and all of the porno movies that may be thrown into your head, the the big temptation, especially when life hurts, is to go to just turning in on yourself, right? Uh, one of the definitions of sin, according to Martin Luther, the great reformer, um, was that, you know, curving in on yourself is what he said. When we react to news, when we react to the trials of life, we just kind of bend in and curve in on ourselves and make it all about us. It's all about me. It's all about my pain. It's all about my pretending I'm not in pain, right? It's all about my personal fulfillment in the moment. That is a a great definition of sin. Um, I talked about a few episodes ago the the story of Jonah and the part where Jonah's like, God looks at Jonah and is like, you know, Jonah's angry. And God asks Jonah this simple question, penetrating question, which is, is it well with you to be angry? Is it well with you to be full of yourself? Is it well with you to just party, go back to bad behaviors that you know lead to destruction but feel good for an instant? Is it well with you to um, covet after the old life, you know? Is it well with you? Long term. Are you going to trade short-term happiness for long-term joy? Something Matt Chandler said. We are the most. We, we are the ones who sabotage our joy with our short-term bursts of happiness. Right? Our short-term reaching for happiness to numb that pain in the moment. It's better to just pray it out. Talk to God about it. Realize that when pain comes, God loves you, all right? He loves you even in the pain. The biggest problem, the biggest issues that we have is we don't believe that Jesus loves us when life hurts. We believe we brought it on ourselves, and this is punishment or whatever. It's just, man, God loves us. God loves us so very much, and He wants us to walk towards him, not away from him. He's trying to pull us towards himself. And the biggest lie is to believe that God wants distance, right? That's the reason these things are. That's not true. That's the enemy. Jesus loves you. I assume we just don't believe that because life is so hard sometimes, but that is true freedom. Not that you would walk through life without any pain, but that you would walk through life and be able to deal with the pain freely without freaking out, reacting. Consequences. Um, circumstances. Real, true freedom is not being in control of your circumstances, but reacting to the circumstances that happen to you as they happen and realizing that we're not really in control. 
God is ultimately in control of, of all of it. And even in the pains of life, it can be well with your soul. Um, I'm going to leave you with a, an audio clip from my church, Mars Hill Church. Um, they did a, a series on Philippians, and you're going to hear Pastor Tim's voice. And he's going to talk about this guy named Horatio Stafford. And you want to talk about a guy who felt like, right, born loser, who felt like, man, I have the worst luck in the world. You want to talk about a guy who knows pain and tragedy. It, it was this man. And he wrote a very famous hymn that I'll play right after the audio clip. Um, it's been remixed, right, by the Seattle uh, music scene at Mars Hill Church. And, right, rock and rolled up a little bit, this, this old damn awesome tune. And I, and I want you to think about the, that this week, and I want you to be able to realize, like I am, in walking in the midst of pain where we tend to be tempted to fake it be tempted to not mourn and grieve and I'm not good at this myself and I'm still praying about how to do this you know this is not advice the good news is that even though we have done horrible things even though that we have not loved Jesus even though that we've been lived our lives faithless God still has faith and he loves us the good news is that we, even though we don't love God like we ought to, God still loves us furiously. Even when we're faithless, even when we walk away from him, he draws near to us. Even when we fail God, he's drawing near to us. And when we feel like our friends have abandoned us, like the world's turned against us, like I have the worst luck, like, you know, when life gets to those points where it just feels like your only friend is darkness, like Psalm 88 said, Man, I heard a guy talking about a counseling session with a woman, and she said that. Like, I like that psalm because that's exactly how I feel. And he said, you know, who else felt like that was Jesus. You can draw near to the God who knows sorrow. You're not alone. Jesus felt that way, too. And it can be well with your soul. And listen, that doesn't mean you're just fine with it. It means that you work through it. You don't ignore it, you don't minimize it, but you walk through the valley, not pretending, feeling it, not faking it, making your way towards Jesus in the pain, and it can be well with your soul. You're not alone. Whether it's something that happened yesterday, last week, or when you were nine years old, six years old, 20 years old, right? There's emotional pain that freezes sometimes if we don't mourn it out. You can draw near to the God who knows sorrow. 
And listen, I believe that that kind of addicted personality, I'll just use that because people understand what it means, right? That we just, we kind of burn a little hotter. We flow a little more, with a little more pressure, right? We tend to glow a little brighter than most people. We, right? I mean, I think that a lot of addiction is just searching and seeking out freedom. And the reality of worshiping Christ is a knowing and realizing a deeper sense of defining freedom. Freedom beyond circumstances. And it can be well with your soul. into darkness, right? I mean, the suffering, pain that comes. Here's what I'm going to do this week, all right? Because I'm, I'm kind of in it, you know? I mean, it's just been a rough freaking couple of weeks. One of the things that I can do and one of the things that I, I, I did today, and I feel good about it, because because God's there and because some some of our past can be really dark, and the things that happen and the circumstances that happen and Jesus gives us the opportunity to shine in the light, right? I mean, he says that as a metaphor. You're a city on a hill, right? Lost in the dark. I mean, these guys did not have power and electricity and street lights back in the first century. So a city on a hill for a person when it's dark was a very powerful thing. And some of you, the farther out you are into the burbs or into the sticks, right, the more of a beacon of light that God is using you to be, maybe. I want you to think about that. Maybe your darkness and your pain and all the crap that happened to you, maybe it's not about you. And you can react in your, you know, your pain and your freaking out and woe is me. Or you can get back up and, and look around and thank God for the opportunity that you get to serve other people who may have a darker story as you. I love you guys. I want you to think about that this week. 
And I'm going to leave you with uh, the next voice you're going to hear is Pastor Tim Mars Hill in Portland, Oregon. Um, Till next time, I'm thinking about you guys. I love you guys. The website, by the way, is ASI247.org. Um, check me out on the website. You can download all the music there. And uh, if you want to leave a donation, that'd be great. Um, my contact information, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff is on there. I love you guys. I mean that sincerely. Till next week. Bye. Horatio Spafford was a man familiar with death and tragedy. The Spaffords were grieving over the death of their first son to scarlet fever when the great Chicago fire decimated the city. Horatio, a successful lawyer and real estate investor, lost everything. After the fire, Horatio and his wife Anna were attempting to pick up the pieces when a good friend, the great evangelist preacher D.L. Moody encouraged him to take a much-needed vacation. Moody was doing a preaching stint in England and invited the Spafford family to join him there. Horatio had some business to attend to, so he decided to send his wife and daughters ahead, planning to meet up with them shortly. En route, the Spafford ship collided with an iron sailing vessel, and all four daughters drowned. Anna was one of only a handful of survivors. Horatio immediately departed for England to rejoin his devastated wife. When the ship's captain told him that they were passing over the scene of the accident, he retired to his cabin. Overcome with sorrow, he wrote, when sorrows like sea billows roll, whatever my lot, thou hast taught me to say, it is well with my soul. These words were eventually set to music and became the great hymn of the same name, It Is Well With My Soul. However, the story did not stop there. A few years later, Horatio and Anna had two more children, a son and a daughter. But this son also contracted scarlet fever and died at just four years old. Horatio's life was marked by persistent tragedy and death. In the course of his life, he lost business in real estate and saw the death of six of his eight children. However, he did not surrender himself to anger, sorrow, and despair. Though he wrestled with these things, to be sure, instead, he defiantly declared his hope and trust in his sovereign Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Echoing the words of Paul, he learned to be content in any situation even death and loss. Ultimately, the Spaffords turned their grief into mercy ministry, founding a small community of believers in Jerusalem, working to aid the poor and needy in the early days of World War I. Horatio's great song challenges us to fight for joy in the midst of tragedy and death, to defiantly declare that in Jesus, whatever my lot, Thou hast taught me to say, It is well, it is well with my soul.
Well